I have to make a conscious choice to open myself up, to take that step to either a hug or holding your hand, or usually we're sitting or laying down somewhere for just comfort and rolling over and snuggling into you. Yeah. And uh, that is the hardest, hardest thing for me. It's still hard for me to do. Yeah. Welcome to the Secure Marriage Podcast, where we believe it's possible to fight less, feel understood, and enjoy a deeper connection with your spouse. We're your hosts, Paul and Shannon Elmore, and on today's episode, why getting reconnected after a fight is so stinking hard. Yeah, it is tough sometimes, Mm -hmm. isn't it? Yep. All sorts of stuff is going on that gets in the way of that, and that's what we're going to be figuring out in today's podcast. Mm Mm-hmm. Ready? I'm ready. Okay, here we go. So here's the question for today. Okay. And again, this is all theory. This never happens with us at all, ever. This never. is just everyone else out there. Because we have a perfect marriage. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait. Okay. Um, in our marriage, my wife and I both withdraw from each other after conflict. We will go weeks on end with no emotional connection or intimacy or sex. I've learned so far that for myself, this is my survival brain kicking in. My survival brain causes me to withdraw from my marriage. Mm. Sounds like survival brain kicks in for the wife too. And they try to not get hurt anymore. Right. What goes What's going on in that moment? Why is it so stinking hard after conflict to get reconnected with each other between you and me? I can tell you what gets in my way, but I'm curious for you, what gets in your way when we've had a conflict and we've talked it all out and we know what the issues are, we've apologized, we've we've worked through the thing but we haven't gotten connected, connected yet because yeah. you and I can feel that shift yeah. happen. Yeah. When, when the connection, the reconnection happens, what do you think it is? What do I think it is? Or what is it for you? Right. Closing the door. What is it for you? What is it for you that makes it so hard to be, to get emotionally connected again? Boy, there. See, there's so many things. <laughs> what? There shouldn't be that many things. Right. No, no. I, yeah, I, I, I'm just thinking of different situations, and and some. It's not always the same thing unless the underlying, the very underlying thing is the same about them all. I, whatever. I don't know how to word this exactly. The well, first of all, let me say the first thing that popped into my mind is. And this is kind of probably secondary, but it's it it's taken me a long, long time to be able to understand that the person who has hurt me can also comfort me. Yeah. And so. Say more about that. That's a huge thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's it's like, well, you hurt me and I know we've talked it out, but I just can't. It's just, it doesn't make any sense. Like you should still be hurt or you should still be something. Well, let's, let's, let's dissect this together. If I'm the one who's hurt you and now I'm the one who's supposed to help you heal, that means 
to let me help you heal, you have to do what? I have to be receptive to that and open to that and, and open myself up to getting hurt again. Bingo Bob, yes. right there. Yes. That is one of the big things that gets in the way of that reconnection is commonsensically, uh, I don't want to get played again. I don't want to be the fool. You already hurt me. And if I open myself up to you again and you hurt me again, that's actually my fault, not yours. Well, it is your fault too, but I'm, I am being foolish. Right. Because I don't want to get hurt again. We have a very black and white dichotomous approach to people. They're either right. all good or all bad, at least for you and me. That's bad news because I know that I'm not all good, <laughs> which right. means if the only other option is I'm all bad. Well, and I know that's not the case, but. <laughs> so there has to be that middle gray area. Right. Where... And, and that's hard. That's really hard to, to be in. Um, the other thing that I, that it, when I look back onto conflicts that we've had and we've worked them out and we're still not connected together. Right. Um, what gets in the way for me is usually just myself. Okay, tell me more about that. And, and, bec well, and it's probably that, that underlying, like I said, that underlying thing is probably the same between the last one and this, but um, I, I don't know exactly, I don't know that I necessarily have words to put to it mm -hmm. of, of what it is, but. I have to make a conscious choice to open myself up, to take that step to either a hug or holding your hand, or usually we're sitting or laying down somewhere for just comfort and rolling over and snuggling into you. Yeah. And uh, that is the hardest, hardest thing for me. It's still hard for me to do. Yeah. Um, and we have spent years working on it. Yeah. It's still hard for me to do. And I don't necessarily think it's because I'm afraid I'm going to get hurt again or uh, or anything like that. I, I, I don't, I still, you might know what it is because you've known me a long time. You, you know how people are. You, I mean, you're just very smart that way. Um, and, and we've probably talked about it and maybe hit on it a few times, but it still hasn't sunk in for me. I just... I don't know that I have words. I just know what the physical sensations are for me. Yeah. And when and it goes from tight body, just uncomfortable to okay, fine. I'm going to do this and then a relaxation of everything. It's just like butter melting on me. Yeah. Um I use that quite often. Yeah. I, I haven't used that in a while mm -hmm. on a podcast, but um and and that that's typically the moment for me that genuine connection and sorrow mm -hmm. if if I've done something like I've been I'll I'll be sorry that I've done something but I haven't connected to that emotionally mm -hmm. and that's typically when that happens as well for me and that's a that's a huge piece right there connecting emotionally to the pain of another human being yeah we don't we don't like doing that. Not a lot of people are really good at that. Not a lot of people feel sorrow. We say, I'm sorry all right. the time, right. but we don't actually have sorrow, genuine remorse, sorrow, contriteness. Right. We don't have the affect that comes along with that. 
And when you can feel that, when you can demonstrate, I actually feel terrible. I can't believe I did that to you and made you feel right. as bad as you felt. I feel like crap because I caused that in you. Not in a not in a self-deprecating way. Self-deprecating. So you're not focusing on yourself, but it's that genuine remorse. That is the moment when catharsis, it becomes a cathartic moment. That means that it starts to heal. Right. That the relationship starts to get reconnected again because the other person feels what you are feeling because you are feeling what they are feeling. Yes. That is what this reconnection piece is all about. And it is sometimes very mysterious, but it's not that complicated to identify the the pieces that are happening in there. It is our survival brain, like this person wrote in. It is that survival brain. And your survival brain is saying, remain hard, remain protected, remain guarded. Do not soften, do not become vulnerable to attack or pain or hurt or accusation. Or or to even feeling the bad feelings that you should feel because you've done something wrong. Exactly. We avoid all of those feelings and all that pain. And that is what gets in the way. Like you said, we get in our own way Mm -hmm. of being able to connect again. I know for me, when you and I have had some sort of conflict and we've talked it through and we are now at that stage of we have to get reconnected again. It is a conscious choice of the will. Yes. To say, I am going to get out of my self-protective mindset and I'm actually going to pursue you. I'm actually going to, I'm actually going to shift focus on myself. How do I make myself feel better? And it is now shifting into, I want to make sure that I'm doing everything I can to make you feel better. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure that we can, that that we will get connected by demonstrating comfort. I am comforting you, right? Not taking care of in a dysfunctional, um, <laughs> right, 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 codependent sort of way, but in a comforting way. And the best example of this is actually children. Because children don't have that self-awareness stuff that gets in the way. When they're hurt, they just fall down. They cry. They don't care who they're bothering. They don't care how snotty they don't look. They don't right. care if they waddle up to somebody and put their hands up and say, pick me up and comfort me. Right. They, 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 are, they are completely in the moment of just needing that care and comfort. And that is still hardwired into our systems as human beings. But what now gets in the way is kind of this internal voice that says, I don't want to look silly by asking for care and comfort. I don't want to look weak by asking for care and comfort. I don't want to be denied. I don't want to be denied or rejected when I ask for care and comfort. So I am going to cut my losses and I'm going to do everything I can to avoid getting hurt in, in some other way. So, what I try to do is I try to be the person who goes first that says, I'm going to seek you out. I'm going to pursue you. I'm going to try to offer care and comfort. And I'm going to reach out to you. I'm going to make myself vulnerable first. And when I do that for you, when I am the one who makes myself vulnerable first, does that, does that make it easier or harder for you to become vulnerable? It makes it much easier. Would you rather me go 
I'm still hurt from the conflict or we've talked it through and yeah, we've got the whole situation figured out, but I'm going to wait for you to come take care of me. No. Would you want me to do that for you? No, of course not. Would it ever happen if I waited for you to come? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> not if that was the expectation. There's actually something powerful when the husband initiates that. And, and I'm not saying this because I'm some sort of special person here, but I am the husband in this relationship. Right. And when the husband initiates that connection, when the husband becomes emotionally vulnerable first, when the husband puts himself in a place that can potentially he could be harmed again, that creates an invitation for the wife to now do it. Mm -hmm. She has a lot less to lose because he's already in that state. Right. And so for this husband who wrote into us, he actually has a lot of the power in that situation to get reconnected again. Right. And the easiest way to do that, if we're going to kind of go to a how-to moment, is for him to go to his wife and said, all right, for the last two hours, it's been crappy. We just had a massive fight and that sucks. We're just going to call it out and call right. it what it is. This hasn't been a great two hours. And, and, I feel bad for what we've gone through. And now we are, I would like to get connected again to you. Would you like to get connected or do you want to go for a week or two and be kind of emotionally distant? Hopefully the answer is no. <laughs> Hopefully she says, no, I don't want to do that. But you actually just talk about it. You call it out. You be obvious about it. Don't, you don't have to have some sort of cool, sly, smooth technique to make this happen. Be obvious about it and say, mm -hmm. I want to get connected with you first. This feels uncomfortable for me. This feels awkward. We're not good at this yet, but I know that this is important and I am going to, I am going to try to get connected to you first. I'm going to try to become emotionally vulnerable with you first. Can we try that by going out and sitting out on the couch in the living room? And I would suggest somewhere in the living room, not the bedroom. You're not going to put this into the bedroom. Um, you're not going to do this on the bed. Uh, I don't want this to turn into a sexual experience. Right. Um, because once you offer comfort and you're touching each other and, and all those messages and, and mixed signals can get thrown in there and it can get really, really confusing really, really fast. So avoid the bedroom. Go sit out on the back deck and be uncomfortably awkward at it mm -hmm. and go okay, this is really hard. Um, it's hard to look at you in the eye. It's hard. I don't know what to talk about yet. Um, I just want to try holding your hand. I would suggest physical touch. Again, yes. non-sexualized physical, physical touch. touch. Holding a hand, putting a hand on a knee, an arm around the shoulder. You are in close proximity. I prefer a couch over separate chairs like on the back deck or something. So if you have you know, a swing or something on the back deck, that's great. But somewhere where you can be close. And... What you're doing in that moment is you're paying paying attention to your own your own physical posture. So you're sitting there tense, and your shoulders are tight, and you're looking straight ahead, and you 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 know it it looks really bad. If someone walking past saw the two of you, it's like oh this is awkward and painful <laughs> and embarrassing. Be aware of that and go. Okay, I'm gonna try to lower my shoulders and kind of try to relax. I'm gonna try to turn towards you so that I'm actually kind of angled towards you rather than. 90 side degrees straight on shoulder to shoulder not right. looking at each other i'm going to try to have a hand on you um i'm going to try to um be aware of what i am experiencing this moment i'm actually going to try to make eye contact with you i'm and you're just going to kind of stay in that state which says we're not connected yet we're, we, we don't know when it's going to happen but at least we're trying right and 
again, that creates an invitation for the wife to usually try that because most wives do want to get connected sooner rather than later, Mm -hmm. even if it's uncomfortable and scary. Yeah. And when you are talking about it and describing what's happening, you can ask, you know, how how weird is this for you? How how awkward do I look? Because I feel like I am <laughs> six years old right now, just trying to learn how to ride a bike. I, I'm I'm lost here. Is this is this is awkward for you? And you can almost start to giggle about it, because now you guys are in a shared experience, right? But an important shared experience, and and because the intent is there, the desire is there. You are demonstrating that you do want to get connected. Usually the technique is secondary and your wife will see your desire. And if you guys are both working on your marriage, like it sounds like you are in the email that you sent us, you'll be able to give each other the benefit of the doubt and you'll go, boy, I can't wait till we get better at this because that was just painful over the last (laughs) hour. And you'll laugh at it and you'll giggle about it. And then you can, you'll feel it happen. You'll just feel everyone go, (sighs) Like I said, it's like butter melting all over. Just whoosh. That's, that's exactly the description. <laughs> and then you'll be able to go, okay, we have one under our belt. Yes. And it didn't take two weeks. It might have taken two hours, but two hours is better than two weeks. Right. Two hours is better than two days. Yeah. Two hours is better than half a day. And this is a skill that people need to learn. You aren't born knowing how to do this. No. Actually, let me rephrase that. You're not born knowing how to offer this to other people. Every person is born knowing how to desire comfort. Again, yes. every little baby doesn't have to be taught how to cry and want to be held. We are well, all inherently, we know how to do that. And and they all know how to receive comfort yes, as well. Exactly. Yeah. So, so it is the putting yourself in a posture to offer comfort to somebody else. And for this couple who wrote in, I'm going to suggest again, husbands step up, be the leader in your family. The leader is the one who becomes vulnerable first, who puts themselves in the position to be hurt first. Who's going to say, I'm not going to throw my wife under the bus and ask her to do something hard if I'm not willing to do it as well. Um, But that also means you oftentimes will kind of take the hit first and that is okay. You it's, it's healthy, appropriate leadership. It is demonstrating care for your spouse's heart, for her soul. And I've seen it happen for years when a wife starts to understand that a man, her husband is working really, really hard to care for her heart. She doesn't have to be as guarded nearly as much. For sure. But again, you're going to suck at it at the beginning. (laughs) It's just not going to be pretty. Call that out. Just own that. Right. And then say, if you'll be patient with me, I want to learn how to do this better. So the next time we fight, hopefully it'll be two hours. It'll be only an hour and a half. And then the next one will be only an hour. And the next one will only be, you know, 15 minutes. And it'll get shorter and shorter. And the connection time will get faster and faster. Right. And... Then you can go long spans. Again, you and I are at the point in our relationship where we have a good blowout once every four months, five months, maybe. Unless there's some extenuating circumstances. Yep, yep. But But just in general. Yeah, yeah. let's let's be generous and say three times a year we'll have a blowout. Yeah. That's not bad. Three times a year? Right. And it doesn't take us terribly long. No, we can get it resolved in an hour. 
Yeah. And not just resolve where we know what's happened in the situation, but back to that genuine connection again that this person is asking about. How do we get connected again? Where we actually like each other and we're not walking on eggshells around each other. Right. And we're not afraid to look at each other and we can laugh with each other again. And that is possible for every couple out there who's willing to put the work in. I'm so thankful for husbands like this who is self-aware, who's self-aware enough to say I, my survival brain has kicked in and I recognize I'm doing this and I'm wanting to change this and I'm working hard to, to take responsibility for my half of the equation here. Right. That is a good husband. Even yeah. if he's not good at it yet, he is honorable. He is courageous. He's brave. He's honest. Yeah. That's not a bad kind of guy to kind of wait and see what happens. Those are some pretty good character traits. Yeah, they are. So I'm incredibly proud and incredibly encouraged by the work that this this gentleman's doing. Here. Yeah. And his wife will notice. Yes, absolutely. And like we've said again over and over, as he becomes a healthy individual and she becomes a healthy individual, the healthiest people tend to have the healthiest relationships. Right. And so they have a beautiful future ahead of them. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see and and hopefully hear back how well they're doing. Yeah. They'll, again, they'll have little bumps along the way, but welcome to marriage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're still trying to figure it out. So anyway, um, this is a good one. And this is a situation and a problem that a lot of other couples have. So I, I appreciate you, dear listener, who is yes. willing to send this in and uh, be willing to ask the question. Absolutely. So anyway, should we do a commercial? Well, we always of want to course, do a we you want to do a commercial. 30 seconds to do a commercial. 30 seconds to I'm do a commercial. actually watching the clock. Oh my Ready? Word. Go. So we are doing a marriage cruise. Oh, let me start over because. Nope. Oh, come on. Nope. All right, you guys, you have Ten to seconds. come. No, stop telling are me gone. how much time. <laughs> okay. 15 <laughs> seconds are gone. Go. All right. You guys need to go to securemarriage.com slash cruise. Check out our information. We're doing a marriage cruise in April uh, 2024 Five, on the Harmony of the four, Sea out of Galveston, three, Texas. And we're going to teach you two, how to have amazing marriages. One. Very good. <laughs> 30 second commercials. That's what we got to start aiming for. 12 second commercial. <laughs> well, you should have talked faster. You should have quit telling me how much time I had left. Truly, we would love to have everyone who's able to make it come and join us on our marriage cruise where we're going to be spending seven days working really, really hard at learning the basics, the nuggets at how to have a really good marriage. And then you get to have seven days in an incredibly beautiful place to practice and make lovely memories together. And just kind of as a bonus and maybe an incentive. Yeah. We are, um, if you book by October 5th, it says October 1st on our website, but it's actually October 5th. Free Wi-Fi. We're going to give you free Wi-Fi. That way if you've got... dollars value. Yeah. That way if you've got kids at home or family yeah. members that, that you want to just make sure you can be in touch with, yep. you you've can, got that available. That. So, so a little incentive. Yeah. So we'd love to have as many people as possible. Okay. Now we're done. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time. Okie doke. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>